This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by Muck Delivery, bringing you the food you love. Muck Delivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door, including my favourite, the Quarter Pounder with cheese. Mm. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with Muck Delivery, so the only thing left to say is, are you in? Order now on the McDonald's app, and you can also get reward points delivered too, so that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants, 18 plus, rewards registration required, points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Hello everybody and welcome to episode 145 of the Stacey West podcast. I am Ben as always and Gaz is with me. Are you well my man? Yeah I've just read actually uh, while you were kind of doing whatever it is you do um I've just read the best headline I've, li- I've, I've literally ever read. Pablo Escobar's cocaine hippos are legally people, a US court has ruled. So there we go. And do you know what? Grab me there. Co- cocaine hippos. <laughs> I still think one of the best, one of the best facts about there. One of the best facts about Pablo Escobar that I ever read was that uh, he had he had rats in his house and his rats were eating the money that he'd stashed away. Um, and I think he was was it? He, he couldn't spend the money quickly enough because he was like he was, I think he was accruing like a million million dollars a day or something. And uh, yeah, the rats were eating the money and he didn't even realise. Brilliant. Anyway, there's your drug facts for the day. Uh, how you been, mate? You all right? Not bad, you cocaine hippo. How are you? <laughs> Coca- you know what? That no, doesn't doesn't fit. That, doesn't fit. That, that'll be my new nickname. I'll get that on the back of my shirt next season. Well, I got my new nickname for my mate Dave over the weekend at Sheffield Wednesday was Cheddar Lips. So Snorri Dave. Yeah, because he uh, he was eating cheddars, cheesy cheddar things, and he had a bit of it on his lip. And every time I told him, he just brushed it to the other side and went, has it gone? It's like, no, it's still there, Dave. And then he moved it. It's like, no, it's still there, Dave. And then he moved it and he pushed it up onto his gum and he smiled at me and went, is it still there? It's like, why don't you just eat cheddars instead of moving it randomly around your face for me? <laughs> Amazing, amazing. But yeah, I, I heard about your adventures and uh, you know your, hear him snoring. I was going to say your your lack of sleep. I mean, it's glad you know it's a good job that we've never had to um to to go anywhere and you know get a hotel room to get put up because uh, I would be I exactly the same will. as Dave. Well, no, I probably won't. But yeah, I, I, I'm I, never I, sharing a hotel room mate, with another man. It's as simple as that. I'm not doing it. I'm not prepared to. In in 2015, I had to go away with Howdens to Harrogate and we had to share hotel rooms. And I shared with a guy from Boston whose name escapes me now. And he, I mean, to be fair, 
there. I, I'd broken my ankle playing football with a penny floater while drunk at three o'clock in the afternoon. So I was in quite a bit of pain anyway. Um, but this guy literally snored all night long. I didn't get a bit of sleep. So instead, the next day, instead of going to the races, uh, wherever we were going, um, I drove home with my broken ankle because I was in that much of a bad mood. Um, <laughs> I've, I've, I've been away with Pete and I know Pete will be listening to that and with this and we stayed in a... Um, uh, bunk beds in a elephant and castle uh, and he snored all night i did get a little bit of sleep that night because i was very 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 drunk uh, but i was very very drunk this weekend that dave was just and do you know what really i find really unnerving instant sleepers oh they piss me off you know people who literally like you're laid there and, and it takes me a while to get to sleep but you know, i never fall asleep straight away probably the record is like i don't know because you don't know when you fall asleep but it's probably <laughs> about like eight minutes but usually it can be an hour i can be laid there mm. for an hour and like i got into bed and i, I kind of went settling down thinking right i'm going to get into sleep mode and dave was off fiddling with himself in the toilet whatever and he literally came out laid down and was snoring instantaneously. He was asleep. And I'm, you know what? I'm not even exaggerating. You know when people say the word literally and they don't actually mean literally because they're just dumb and they think that they do. This is literal. Literally. Head to the thing, snoring. And that was it. Oh. And then his alarm went off at eight o'clock in the morning and he went into the toilet. And you think these rooms are quite small. Left the door open and violently emptied his bowels. I could taste it. And when I shouted him and said, Dave, at least close the door, he went, It's only a fart. Oh, well, that's okay then. Why do you open it a little bit wider? <laughs> oh, dear. And I thought I was the grumpy one last week. Oh, I tell you something. Did, did you see the picture of me on the train from Nottingham to Sheffield? <laughs> no, but me. I wish. I think I need to see if I can find this now. I'll, I'll send it to you. I'll send it to you on WhatsApp. Literally, I'll do it literally. Uh, I'll do it right now. <laughs> um, because the thing is, I t- we took this picture of like, you know, we're on our way with our with our kind of fists up and that sort of thing. You know, here we go. We're, we're coming. Um, and when I look back at it, I look like the tiredest man in the world. <laughs> genuinely i look like a man who shouldn't be awake for a month there you go i'm sending it through to cool. you now um that sh- should be with you <laughs> right now there you go that's amazing you genuinely look like you've not slept for about a month i hadn't slept all night and he had that's why he looked so happy <laughs> so oh, anyway yeah fantastic. apart from that mate i'm all right good good stuff well uh i think the majority of people will be glad to know that i've i've mostly recovered from from feeling like death last week so a little bit more chipper this week as i say anyone who listened last week will be delighted to hear that yeah no that's fair um i I don't actually know what the stats were like last week because um i think you said you you were gonna um decline to share it on the website last week (laughs) that wasn't genuinely that wasn't actually because um because of you uh it was because i was leaving at the house at kind of 10 o'clock to go to Nottingham and then on to Sheffield. And the way that the thing on um, Patreon were, uh, not Patreon, that's where people give me money. Um, Podbean, that's the place that takes money from me. Um, or other, yeah. So uh, Podbean, uh, I can't you, I can't set it in advance because the HTML code now picks five episodes. So when it comes out at 12, I then do the article at 12 and I wasn't here, but we can go with the fact that I didn't share it because it wasn't your best week. And, yeah all right i'll, I'll go with that more amusing for everybody 
yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll go. We'll go with uh, you know trying to save some sort of embarrassment. That's that, that'll do. Um, but anyway, obviously, yes. This week um, we are looking to do the uh, the raffle. We're, do, we're drawing the raffle uh, as I speak now. We're doing it in an hour and ten. So if you skip forward, probably about an hour or so um, in the podcast then uh, you'll be able to hear if you've won the raffle. If you just want to hear us rambling and then get through the raffle, that would be ideal. But, you know, it's up to you guys. Um, but what a difference a week makes. Um, I think it's been, uh, it, it's been a, you know, after a, a bit of a disappointing Tuesday, it's been a very good week for the Ims, hasn't it, guys? <laughs> what a difference a week <laughs> How many hours? I don't really care. Is that a real song? I I, I kind no. of thought that it was, but as I got to the word difference, I realised I didn't have any idea of the tune. Well, it's, um, it's what a difference a day makes, 24 little true. hours. Uh, okay, so a week would be seven times 24, which is, you know, really easy, isn't it? Um, anyway. <laughs> 168, is it? 168? Let's go with that. Calculator, just a minute. Seven times 24. 168. Boom, boom, boom. Math and good luck. Uh, yes. Yeah, I mean, you know, it was a good day out, Chef Wednesday, but as I've said on the podcast a million and one times before, I'm not a Lincoln City fan for days out. I'm a Lincoln City fan um, to, for football, and uh, I thought it was a good game of football. Mm. Um, it's a great stadium. You know, it's a, they, there was a lot of pressure on them, and I think they they were all right. Yeah. Do you know what? Yeah. We talk about how bad Charlton were, and... I'm, I'm not really sure Chef Wednesday were all that better. Mm. And I think that's interesting because it takes you back to that perception, doesn't it? That uh, we thought that the point at Chef Wednesday was, oh, you know, have we turned the corner? It, it, you know, it's a good point. And yet the win against Charlton was, well, you've got to beat Charlton. And I think sometimes you look at league position and get a little bit carried away. And I, I remember at the beginning of the season, I tipped Sheffield Wednesday to be below us uh, and outside, mm. I think, of the top, certainly outside the top six. Uh, and I stand by that. Um, but yeah, I think I, I as well, Wednesday podcast. Yeah, I think I had them down as surprise strugglers as well. Um, which, you know, yeah, I think based on based on Saturday, I think it's going to be um, it's going to be a difficult season for them. But as you say, we're not a Sheffield Wednesday podcast. We're, we're to talk about Lincoln, and I I thought we were well, obviously, you know, more than matched them. I think if that game went on for another five ten minutes, there was only one team that was going to come away with all three points. Um, I thought, you know. I thought we started really brightly. I thought, you know, the, the first half was was good. We put the pressure on them, um, and then it was a bit of a sucker punch goal in the second half. And for about 15 minutes after that goal, I think we beat ourselves more than they were beating us. Um, I think that was where we started to see, you know, the, the heads start to drop a little bit. And I think that was, um, you know, obviously allowed Wednesday to come into the game, but then things started to pick back up again and obviously got the goal. And yeah, I think if, if, if it had gone on any longer, we would, we would have taken all three, I think. I love that noise. <laughs> it's a noise that kind of, it, it's actually not a bad noise for you because it's a noise that is, I can see your point. And, and if I don't believe your point, at all has got any basis you don't get that noise so it's almost like actually um you know not consolidation but validation that you've made a a daft decent point whether i agree with it or not uh, we 
I'm, I'm not actually sure we had another goal in us. Uh, I think you know, in injury time, the game kind of petered out. I think both teams are happy with a draw. I actually think after their goal, you're quite right. They had a, a good spell and they should really have gone on and made it 2-0 and put the game to bed and didn't. But then I felt there was a lull after their spell and before our goal where I actually felt we'd run out of ideas um, in, in the same way that we did um, after four minutes at Wimbledon. Um, where I just I don't know there was there was a time where you come we've got the ball at the back and I think Wednesday had had a go hadn't got their goal and thought actually we can do this one nil let's kind of sit back a bit and I just thought I don't actually see where a goal's coming from and and what's really improved over the last couple of weeks is corners and set piece mm-hmm. deliveries because making no bones about it they have been appalling in the mm-hmm. first kind of five or six games of the season. I think I wrote about Lincoln got a corner, which basically means a goal kick for the opposition, because that was more or less how it felt. Mm-hmm. And I think probably since Charlton, maybe just before, we've actually started making a little bit of our corners. It was a really well-worked routine, the goal. Mm-hmm. If you watch... Um, I can't think it was Mark. I think it was Iorfa was marking uh, Monsma. And, and, and Lewis makes two or three dummy runs, backwards, forwards, backwards, forwards. So when the ball actually comes in, Iorfa, he's not even watching. Lewis has just left him. And then Berahino, who's on the line, should come forward. Really, really good goalkeeper should have saved it. Mm. Um, but, you know, it, it, it goes to show, doesn't it? That I say, if we'd scored in the first minute and they'd scored in the 80th minute, we wouldn't come away from that as happy. No. Um, but yeah, it, it it was nice. It was nice. And it was a, I hesitate to say, a decent day out. And and obviously, Freddie Draper getting his debut is big, isn't it? Absolutely. Yeah, I think he was, um, I mean, obviously, we'll, we'll come on to Wigan in a minute. But it was, uh, yeah, it was definitely a, um, a a bright start for Freddie Draper. I thought he, he came on and he looked he looked like he was busy. He looked like he knew what he needed to do. Um, and he's got so much confidence about him as well. Like, you know, kind of almost, I don't, I don't know if this was, if this was what you'd put or if I'd seen this somewhere else, but I'd, someone pointed out that, you know, he'd, um, he'd, he's, he'd pointing to where he wants the ball. You know, he's telling the midfielders, like, I want the ball here, put it here now. And, you know, he will put his head down and run and, you know, try and run onto the ball. And I think that's sort of, well, it's what we've been missing really, isn't it? Um, for, for a good few games now. And I think he was, uh, yeah, you know, he, look, he looked bright when he came on um, for sure. And I think he... In my opinion, I think he may have been the one that could have potentially turned the game, but you know, ultimately wasn't to be. Very good point. I would have snapped your hand off for a point before we went there um, on Saturday. Um, and yeah, you know, obviously there was um, there was a lot to a lot to take from it. Um, the only we counter, that, we, we sorry, we counter attacked very well. Yeah, uh, we had more counter attacks than I think could see all season and, and three of those ended in shots and we only had five shots five, uh, ten shots all game so uh, we did counter better I, I take your point on board about Draper I think I haven't seen enough as yet to know whether I think he's the one who's going to make the difference late on I have seen enough to convince me that he's worth his place um, coming off the bench hmm. and yeah yeah, he looked I, I, I just thought in the, the last 10-15 minutes I thought we looked like we went for it we brought Dan on I think as well literally just before the goal had gone in yeah. I think he came on at that corner if I remember correctly I might be wrong um, so but actually you know it, it was a game where I know we talked stats but the XG stats are very close it, it, you know there, there wasn't an awful lot in it and I think although we perhaps perhaps shaded it I think it would have been harsh if either of the sides had lost that game and that's me without my red and white glasses on 
No, that's a fair comment. You know, I think just from, I think maybe being there and feeling the, the the momentum start to swing towards the end, I would have just loved to have seen. I mean, obviously everybody would have loved to have seen us get a, you know a late winner, but it it just felt to me like it was you know the, there was only one team that was would have gone on to win that game had the time allowed. But um, yeah, and, you know. And- just another interesting thing about perception. Sorry, we go on about Sheffield Wednesday. Our passing accuracy was actually worse in the Sheffield Wednesday game than it was against Wimbledon, Charlton, uh, Plymouth in the uh, in the league. It's funny, isn't it? Perception. Mm, yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's you know, as we said, it's uh, when when you get a good result out of something, you don't necessarily mind how it's how it's been achieved. So. Hundred percent. Um. Right. So yeah, I mean, obviously that was that was Saturday. Um. The one thing that I, I did want to say was something that you'd mentioned, and I think a few others mentioned as well. I'm genuinely surprised at how how small it felt when you came down the steps at uh, at that ground. Um, it it doesn't feel, dare I say, it doesn't feel safe at times. Yeah, right, hundred percent, no doubt it, at all. Yeah, it was. Um, a very very strange situation to be in i mean at the end of the game we hung around a little bit and then headed down into the concourse area but even this was a good what five minutes after the final whistle had gone um if not even longer and there's still just like a heaving mass of people in that uh in that lower concourse and i just thought mm, yeah it, it i think it's a ground that's in need of some sort of uh modernization in some areas i mean don't get me wrong i love the fact you know i love going in there and seeing just the the stands around you know surrounding the pitch everything just looked amazing and obviously you know it's hillsborough it's got a, it's got its own history and it's just a, a fantastic ground but it, it's definitely not one that you know you start to think hmm this is the most modern ground or you know this is the safest place in the world so um but yeah outside of that you know i think it was uh, I, I really really enjoyed my day i thought it was good um so should we move on to wigan yes cool well obviously I don't think there would have been many that put, you know, that that had a few quid on us to win on Tuesday night. I think it was, um, you know, especially after grumbles and gripes of the past fortnight or so. I think it was, um, uh, I, I, again, it would have been another game that I'd have snapped around off for if if we'd, we'd have been able to take a point. But from minute one, I think that was... I mean, well, I said it at halftime. I think that is, it was the most accomplished half of football, if you maybe take Cambridge out of it, that I've seen this season. Um, I thought we were excellent from, you know, from from Josh through to Dan. I thought we were fantastic, and you know, we've we've picked up on a few things about um, uh, Dan and Unduli from uh, from before, and I think it was a game that he needed to shine in. Um, you know, he needed to have a good game. His, you know, obviously circumstances dictated that he was starting, and he took it with both hands, didn't he? Absolutely fantastic performance. Yeah, I mean, I talk about a wider game probably before going to individuals. Yeah, yeah, sure. Um, if that's all right, I mean, it, like, like you say, we were at it from the first minute. Uh, probably, you know, Dan, Dan could have scored just before he, he he did score. So I don't think there's there's any doubt at all that we were we were in the ascendancy. And I think that as you correctly pointed out they're probably the best football that we have played since Cambridge very different games Cambridge we kind of attacked there was lots of space mm. we were the bigger team um, but here you know we, we firmly went in as the underdogs in terms of spending no matter what we're going to tell you there might be free transfers but there is such a thing as wages um, yeah 
they've got some some really good players, but we got the goal and then we didn't sh- we didn't shrink. Uh, we did have to soak up some pressure. Uh, we definitely matched them in terms of the aggression. And I think that's yeah. a really key factor that we'll pick up on in a moment as well. So, um, it, yeah, I mean, I, I'm like, you know, I, I didn't expect us to get anything at all. In fact, I was, um, you know, I was, I was kind of sat there contemplating, uh, contemplating the game. And, and Fee kind of said to me, you know, do you wish you were there or something along those lines? I said, no, we'll, you know, two nil down in 10 minutes. I know, I know the script. <laughs> do you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. we've seen it too many times before with Lincoln City um, so yeah and I, I had a message from a good friend Roy and he basically said Michael Appleton is nothing short of a genius I think it was genius he used because the, the way that he's coaching these players to to get what he wants um, mm. he, yeah he's a managerial genius no disrespect to the players but he's taking players that are not used to doing certain things and changing them into his style and it's taken a while but i think we saw against wigan that uh, how, how that's working and, and you know quite correctly you you picked up on dan and Lundaloo who who hasn't really had an awful lot of game time i mean he was very very good at burton uh, and then we played more come away where everybody was crap and, and i think he kind of took a little bit of a brunt of that but as you say um he really put himself about uh, you know he's, he's, a, he's a good size i'd hesitate to call him a big lump he's a good size he's mobile uh, and i loved the bit at the end where michael said yeah if, if he runs i told him if he runs towards the ball i'll take him off yeah and i love that I yeah, that because what do we scream out for every week? Get him behind, yeah. make a run. Yeah, and I think that was, you know, that was kind of where I was, was angling towards because, you know, you, you say that that Roy's obviously text you saying that, you know, he's, he's a bit of a managerial genius from what he's done. It shows that, you know, that 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 coaching style is is there that is obviously going to work with young players. But to me, it almost sounds, I'm sure they weren't the exact words that he used on the training field, but you know, it, it almost sounds like a little bit of tough love to say, look do this, do what I tell you, or you're coming off. And he does what he told him. And he's put in arguably a man of the match performance, you know, just, um, I think this could hopefully be a turning point for him in the season. Cause I think the, the biggest thing that it seemed, well, the biggest thing that seemed to come out of it was that Michael said, you know, and Dan himself afterwards said, this is a, um, this is an adjustment from under 23s, you know, and y- you can't, just slot into league football from under 23 and expect everybody to you know to bend the knee for you he had a cracking game and i think his his attitude seems to have shifted now um and i think yeah hopefully well it sounds like he's going to keep his place for saturday um and it's you know fully deserved but just yeah it's an interesting point about the under 23s as well because i think you look at max sanders i think he's another player who brimming with potential but, but looking like he may have struggled with the transition from um from from 23 to senior football and you look at teo for instance when he came he had already been out and had that mm. his loan spell so i think he already understood uh, that transition so um, again it's you can sign these exciting under 23 players and scully was one who signed and, and didn't actually have any transition you know he was in the side scoring goals almost as soon as he arrived mm-hmm. so it is interesting and you say there about attitude i think we should underline that when you say that i'm sure you don't mean like his attitude towards the game and training and that it's more to he's kind of the way that he approaches the game when he's on the field in terms of the runs he's making and that sort of thing yeah absolutely i'm not i'm, I'm not sitting here saying oh, he had a crap attitude before you know he wasn't going to do it he wasn't going to work for it but you know i think it was it was evident that he's he's 
there's a switch that's been flicked somewhere in his head and he's just slightly shifted his his you know mentality and gone right okay if i do this it's going to pay off for me um and i think i said before the game you know that there was there was almost a little bit of fear um in me and i know it it probably wouldn't happen the way that i thought it was but i was thinking you know if he's not going to be getting goals if he's not going to be playing week in week out are southampton going to continue to trust us with him after you know after january and i think those those thoughts and fears were probably quite unfounded because you know again it's underestimating underestimating what michael appleton can do as a coach because he's sitting there he's taking note of what he's doing in training and he's saying you know he's obviously giving him the advice he's giving him the coaching that he needs um and we saw the fruits of it on on tuesday night so hopefully we can continue to to sort of you know press on with that on uh, on saturday but um so- some interesting um, passing kind of not not figures but stats. I think we've spoken on here before about passing relationships, and you know our most common passing relationships tend to be goalkeeper to a certain player or mm-hmm. across the back four, or tend to involve Liam Bridcut as well. And really heartened to see that some of the strongest passing relationships were one between Sorensen and Maguire, which was ten passes, and one between McGrath. Randles and Bishop, which was 10 passes, which kind of suggests that we're trying to pass a little bit further up the field rather than um, across the back. I think it was much, much more of an urgency. I think we played more long balls than we have done um, in in recent weeks. Uh, Although, to be fair, actually, statistically, I'm just seeing now we didn't. Um, But we seemed to go longer quicker and we seemed to play far fewer passes. Definitely felt a bit more direct, but I think that was what was needed. Um, yeah. But, you know, if, if if it's if the stats are saying that it, it wasn't necessarily like a long ball, I think it was it was quick football. You know, it was direct football rather than long ball. And it's something that we've said before on, on the podcast, you know, um, around our style of play, not necessarily, you know, with, with regards to Michael. But we've definitely had instances in the past where things have come up and people have said, oh, Lincoln are a long ball start. So I know that we're a direct team. There's a you know, there's a big difference. And I think that that. You could definitely sense that on on Tuesday night, um, but I think that the interesting thing you mentioned earlier is about the the aggression that was there, um, and you know the, the sort of um, the not quite the dark arts, but you know that there was definitely a, a, an edge to it. Um, and at one point, you know, I, I was convinced there was going to be a red card in that game um, because it was well, number one, it was Seb Stockbridge who, despite the fact that we've said it before, he's you know a bit of a clown. Um, he actually had a fairly decent game, um, and yeah, I, I I could almost well you could you could feel a red card coming in that game, but um, I think it, it diffused itself a little bit in the second half. Um, but you know the, there was I, I I wonder if that's Maguire coming into the frame a little bit more um, and sort of you know maybe giving the uh, the younger lads a little bit of advice or a little bit of uh, a, you know taking a little bit of the fear out of them. Um, I don't know, but it was really good to see. Yeah, I think yeah, Lynn Bridcut's there. It's not like we haven't had that experience. I don't think it's the influence that he has on other people. I think it's what he does. Uh, mm. Basically, I don't think Liam Bridcut is a shit house, but 
I think that Chris Maguire is. And I think he kind of, it was him that was in the middle. And Jamie Robson, to be fair, I noticed a couple of times as well, who's, you know, we don't really know much about that kind of side to his game. Um, mm. But you had, we had to be, you know, we had to be because Wigan are full of players who have played at high level. I mean, James McLean shouldn't be playing in League One. I know people don't like him for various reasons, his politics and that, but he's a great footballer, such a good footballer. Shouldn't never be at this level but actually if you strip back the rest of their team I mean that Humphreys up top I see him for Rochdale a couple of times and never never particularly impressed me at all I know they had White missing um Will Keane who played 10 for him I, I seem to remember him playing for Ipswich a couple of years ago and he was he, he was poor um and they had uh, Max Power played didn't they as well he came on and I think uh, such a disappointing footballer <laughs> yeah. Max Power such a disappointing footballer you know, he's, he's one of those that everybody tells me he's good and then when I see him I can't what, that's, do you know what I mean it's like what really is he that good it's like Marvel movies do you know what I mean everyone raves about him and then you watch one and you just think blah, oh, I'd rather blah, be sitting blah, at home scratching blah, my nuts blah, so, no, blah, but you, 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 you kind of get what I'm saying and you touched on Stockbridge and I think that takes us to a you know, a, a big moment I mean people were praising him for overruling the goal and yeah, fair play. They they made the right decision. But yeah, should we be heaping praise on a referee who does the right thing? I mean, it was a handball. If he hasn't spotted it, he can have criticism. But it's like a keeper, isn't it? If a keeper lets the ball go through his legs from a pass back, you criticise him. But if he controls it and puts it forward, you don't go, great keeping, because what's he paid to do? Um, yeah. But I thought on the whole, actually, Stockbridge had a very, very good game as a referee. He made one blatant error, which we'll touch upon. But I thought he controlled some of the scenes quite well. Um, and and it does, you know, if he is, if you're a homer, if you're a referee that likes the roar of the home crowd, the easiest thing to do is not go over to your linesman and discuss it because the linesman hasn't flagged when the ball goes in. I don't know if you watched the replay. Yeah. That. That- I was going to say about that because I noticed it at the time and it was only, I think it was only the fact that Maguire went over and started that conversation with him that he started to question it. Unless unless they've spoke on the headset, but well, the reason yeah. they didn't sign otherwise. I, I think it would be wrong if Maguire's influence is what's prompted the conversation. I would like mm, yeah, I'm not saying to think right, the officials yeah. have, have had the conversation. But at the same time, it was it was noticeable. And, and a lot of the talk after Ipswich, after Macaulay Bond's foul on TJ Omer that wasn't picked up, a lot of the talk was, well, nobody claimed straight afterwards. And you know, mm. as soon as that ball's gone in, the first thing I saw was Conor McGrandall's tapping his hand. That was the first thing that made yeah. me think, well, hang on, there's something wrong with this. Uh, mm. And then obviously Maguire's straight over as well. So, yeah. yeah. You have to do that, but it's as you kind of alluded to a little bit earlier. Maybe younger players don't always. Yeah. Um, so it was. Yeah. But I thought other than then there was obviously the the, the foul at the end when Freddie Draper. Um, now you and I, well, I've watched it back and on Y Scout, and obviously sent you the pictures as well. Hundred percent a foul. Draper's got it on his right foot, and, and Naylor takes away his left foot, so it's a foul. Actually, looks like the contact is just outside the area, but uh, it would have been quite a moment for Freddie to to have got his, his goal. Oh, yeah. If, it, if, if that had been a penalty, there would have been nobody in the world other than Freddie Draper that would have taken it, would there? Right. Yeah. But <laughs> it's it's just going to be a matter of time, I think. You know, he's he's come on, he's come into the squad, he's looking full of confidence. And I think Michael said after the Sheffield Wednesday game, you know, I think the reason that he's been out of the squad is through injury. And now that he's back from that, you know, they want to take care of him, make sure that he, he has the best possible start in you know, in professional football. And I think 
you know, you you don't want to overreact on what is essentially what 15, 20 minutes of play, but he he looks like he's uh, he's got his head screwed on for someone so young. So, yeah, big lad as well, and he he's yeah, big lad, not not like you and me, big lad, like a, like a, <laughs> a bulky big lad. And what, what are kind of my thoughts on it? People have said in the press, you know, he might go on now and he might have a a loan spell. I don't want to see that. I don't want to no. see him go out on loan. I want to see him coming on for 10, 15 minutes at the end of games. I want to see him in the EFL Trophy. I want to see him you know getting maybe even 45 minutes against Bowers and Pitsy because uh, mm. that'll shake you up you're, you're playing against the team from st- step eight or whatever mm. who, who, who are absolutely committed that's going to be a challenge so I'd like to see that um, and, and we were talking a minute ago about long ball and possession and um, there's, there's a there's an index on Scout which is average passes per possession so every time you have the ball, how many passes do you average before you, you lose possession? And we tend to be between four and four point five. So four point one Morecambe, four seven four, four point seven four against Plymouth, five against Sunderland, four point two eight against Charlton. So it always tends to be around there. Against Wigan, two point eight nine. So we were moving the ball not just quick but we were kind of there was fewer passes involved in those moves as well uh, and although we played fewer long passes as a percentage of the passes that we played overall we played more so 14.5 percent of our passes were long balls um, which just looking down and kind of going back is uh, the highest since we went away to Burton okay and what do you know uh, we won that game as well so yeah, it's, it's interesting. I mean, people would probably say that you want us to play longer balls quicker. We played more against Wickham. I think I think that there's a there's a, there's a thought that Michael Appleton has one plan. I've heard I saw that criticism on Twitter um, from mm. from some supporters. There's no plan B. Mm. I think actually there is. I think actually people that students of the game or people who've got access to to the, to the kind of deep stats and that. You see that there are that we do have different approaches to the game. We, we mm. genuinely do. Um, and I, you know, on this occasion, it was successful. Yeah. No, absolutely. And I think the. Um, I, I just think a lot of the fog over the past, you know, couple of weeks, and it, it's like you, you know, you sort of predicted. As soon as we start getting a few points, and particularly unexpected points, things start to, you know, things start to pick up a little bit. I mean, let's be honest four games we've got two wins a draw and a loss before the Charlton game if you'd have said we'll pick up seven points from the next four games I think you would have taken it not necessarily you know the performance and the loss to Wimbledon um but you would have definitely taken when you consider you have Sheffield Wednesday and Wigan in that list you would have taken seven points from those four games any day yeah, well, that, 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 I remember having the conversation with my dad. That was what I called. And, mm. <coughs> excuse me. You know, if we if we beaten Wimbledon, beaten Charlton, drawn with Wednesday, and, and and lost to Wigan, we'd be sat here now talking about a draw and a defeat, and probably not in the most glowing terms on the back of a good week. But mm. because the, the the way that we've done them, it, it all goes down to that perception, doesn't it? Maybe I should yeah. change my name to Perception Gary. Um, <laughs> not that I'm more perceptive, just but it is football's all about perception. It's it's like the the, the talk about injuries and and Gavin, if you're listening to this, it's not a dig or anything like that. But Gav um, Andrews yesterday on Twitter was kind of saying, well, you know, we signed Crocs, not not those awful plastic shoes that wankers wear. I mean, like <laughs> the blue orange. Um, and I kind of said, well, yeah, Maguire isn't a crock. And he said, well, he's only played 125 games in five 
months, which were five seasons, which was wrong. It's actually 125 over three seasons. But it's perception, isn't it? because he's been here and he picked up an injury and then he aggravated that injury coming back early and we think, well, Maguire's not been great. Actually, he was left out at Sunderland playing 23 football under Lee Johnson because Johnson didn't fancy him. It was perfectly fit. But it kind of goes round to that perception that Chris Maguire's a crock, whereas he's not. Not particularly. But you know, we we do have an issue with injuries for whatever reason. I've just done a quick top-up and by my reckoning, there are probably four players who have had first-team football this season uh, in the league who have not been injured uh, Jamie Robson's one obviously who arrived quite late I don't think Cohen Bramwell's been injured yet I think Cohen Bramwell has remained fit uh, Remy Howarth has remained fit uh, I thought um, Remy was out at one point was Remy out at one point potentially he was one. yeah um, and obviously Josh Griffiths but he was injured away with it with um, England. So actually, players that have been here since the start of the season and are still here now, I th- think there's only then, if you're right, only Cohen Bramall who hasn't. I I almost want and to I say don't that. think there will be a single team. I was to say I almost want to think. I almost think that Cohen was was off at one point as well. Well, let me just have a quick look yeah. in my AFC Wimbledon program because if he wasn't on the bench, that would tend to. I'm not sure. I'm not sure about Cohen. I don't necessarily think it was. It was recently. I, I seem to remember he had a run of games in the in the in the team, and then I think he was out for a couple of games. And I'm fairly certain that was an injury there. But I mean, even so, it's fairly obvious. You know, we've had an injury crisis. So the only ones that I've got Cohen is missing, either not on the bench or not playing, or not league games. I've got him as on the bench okay. uh, or in the team for every league game. It's only the EFL trophy. So, I, I, but my what I would say is. I bet that there isn't a single team in the top half of any of the top four divisions who have got their entire squad, bar let's say one player, arguably, who started the season has had a spell out injured. And I think, again, that is a kind of... I know it's been reflected sometimes in performances, and I know when we talked about Morecambe, I say we had enough to win that game despite the injuries, and I believe the same about Wimbledon. But actually, if you if you kind of factor that in there's quite a lot of positivity there because we haven't had a settled side at all since the first ball was kicked and there's no sign of that happening through till christmas Mm. and here we are just nestled in the top half of the table and i tell you something else when you look at the fixtures between now and christmas Mm. i don't know have you done that at all right if you take out sunderland because i don't think that sunderland will go ahead so you're talking uh shrewsbury winnable greatest respect winnable Mm-hmm. not saying we will win what I'm saying is it's not a Wigan away mm-hmm. Doncaster away Portsmouth at home well Portsmouth are awful at the minute mm-hmm. Accrington at home Crew away Cheltenham away Doncaster at home that takes you through till Christmas I'm telling you that there should be seven points in every four games yeah. there yeah I, I, and well, that, yeah I, without you know without sort of sounding arrogant or you know getting into it too much I think you, you're right I think that they are there are a few games in there where you can say, right, okay, I can see us taking, you know, at least a point here um, without breaking too much of a sweat. But there's not a single game there I'd go into where I expect us to lose. And I know we will lose some of those games. And I know some of those games are the types of game that we find tougher than we're going to weigh. So actually MK Dons on Boxing Day looks like the sort of game where you're going to go, oh, that'll be tough. But they 
they play the sort of football that we really like. We'll play fewer passes than they will. Uh, and, and, you know, in games where we've played fewer passes than the opposition this season, I've done the article on it today with five occasions we've played fewer passes than the opposition we've won three of those games mm. so we've got 60 percent win rate when the teams come and try and pass us to death and the only ones i think that we've lost were oxford uh, which was kind of expected because it was you know backs against the wall so the only one where a team has outpassed us and in my opinion beaten us when i say fair and square i mean do you know what i mean on a, a level on a kind playing of field sort of thing yeah yeah yeah, yeah and yeah. that was bolton and and that game could have gone either way yeah, um, and I mean the thing is, you, you you look back to that game, and they celebrated it like they'd won the league. It was a huge victory for them. Yeah. So. And 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 also, uh, well, that, I'm not saying there that we should play more direct football because it's you know it's more a reflection of how teams come and set up against us and how we can then exploit them. You know, teams that want to have possession and want to build slowly and want to move steadily up the field, we yeah. find those teams are the ones that want to be you so whereas a shrewsbury on saturday which we'll talk about in a minute and they of course they want you, know, you want to win every game but they'll be happy to come for a point so they'll be resolute they'll be tough at the back they'll probably play two holding midfielders three center backs two wide so you know, they're going to be hard to break down they're the challenging games so when you look through that the fixture list that i've just said looks favorable you know cheltenham are very good at, at, at kind of stop, not stopping you playing but are good at stopping you scoring you've got doncaster who both times will probably be happy for a point fighting for their lives Accrington play certainly a, a stronger brand of football so maybe you look at that actually the most winnable game I'm sorry Danny is 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 his homecoming if he doesn't get mm. the sack beforehand is is Portsmouth at home that's the sort of game where their fans ain't going to be happy if they come to us and try not to win you know try to stop us winning the game yeah especially not with their runner results so all I'm going to say is that it's easy to get carried away and I don't want to on the back of two good results because a week's time we could be sat here talking about losing at home to Shrewsbury. But, but I just think it's important when there's so much negativity after Wimbledon and there was, and I felt that way as well. So also important to add the context when you get a couple of good, yes. good results, because it does actually show we're not as bad as some people say, as you were trying to eloquently point out last week, uh, but, <laughs> but went a little bit balls deep. Yeah. I've got a tendency to do that. Um, no, I think Rach, um, Rach has never told me that. She's <laughs> <laughs> thankfully. Um, no, I think it's yeah, yeah, that's fair. I think we've we've got. A, 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 if I'm honest, I'd not seen the run of games uh, up till Christmas, and now that you've said that, yeah, starting to feel a little bit, a little bit brighter about things. Um, and maybe yeah. I'll, uh, you know, maybe I'll, maybe well, I'll pick up sorry. a season ticket again next season instead of spending a, an afternoon watching Adele. Yeah, well, I'm not even going to go there. <laughs> I, don't, I don't get that i don't get i know that for those who don't know adele has done a, doing a, a concert and, and the, the tickets start at 90 pound and night for the, the the best ones they're like 500 quid yeah i'd pay 90 pound not to listen to adele i mean there's no entertainment there is there it, it's genuinely like watching us play wimbledon last week it, it's it's just <laughs> dreary it, it's like a reflection of everything that's miserable in life and whilst that sort of music has a place why would you want to pay money to go and feel miserable because that's what the music makes you do oh god um anyway so and and look you know we've got we've got the cup game coming up as well potentially a second cup game should we get through that take nothing for granted i just i just think i i don't think we will improve significantly on the position we're in i think we could 
I think you know, everybody said, oh, if we're 12th when it gets to January and we can bring in these players, and it's widely expected we'll bring Morgan Whitaker in. It's widely expected in the first week of the window that there will be a second Premier League loanee or a second loanee come and, I think it's Premier League, uh, come and join us. And you know, then we're going to look much more vibrant in attack. We're going to have more tools to unpick um, the, the defences of teams that, that we need to, and we'll have more tools to hit the likes of Wigan on the counter-attack at pace because, you know, we beat Wigan without significant pace in the side. Yeah. Uh, so I just think there's, you know, yeah, by all means, be, be critical. And I'm all, yeah, I am all for that and I, I respect opinion, but, you know, let's also have it that we're not in a terrible position at all. There are worse teams than us in this division and we'll see one of them on Saturday, I think. Yeah, so let's let's move on Saturday then. Um, <laughs> nice. Um, nice. Uh, yeah, so Shrewsbury obviously just outside the relegation zone at the moment. Um, picked up two wins in the last three, but I mean, are they are they starting to get a bit of confidence about them? Do we think? Or you know, to be honest, I've not really seen too much from the Shrewsbury camp at the minute. Um, yeah, I don't know. Um, it as you said, it's a game on paper that is winnable. It's not one that you know we're definitely going to go. Oh yeah, we'll win that. But obviously, we've had uh, we've had them in the, uh, the Carabao, wasn't it? Um, yeah. Earlier in the season, we went out on penalties. But yeah, you know, I think that was a that was a free hit essentially. Um, yeah, how do you see it going? Because I, I've I can see it as being as, as I said a winnable game, um, but not one that I'm going to take for granted for sure. Yeah, it's a winnable game. They've had a terrible run. They've picked up some some good res- results of late. They beat MK Dons 1-0. If you look at the stats, um, it was a, a little bit embarrassing, uh, if I'm honest. Um, they, they shouldn't have won that game. The XG, and I know that yeah, people will laugh at me for talking about it, but their XG was 0.32, MK Dons 1.22. They had four shots, MK Dons had 13. They had 27% possession in that game, Shrewsbury. MK Dons had 72%. And that's not a one-off, by the way, when they lost 2-1 to Ipswich, they had 27%. Ipswich had 72. So that, that tells you immediately what type of game this is going to be. They're going to be happy not to have the ball, and then they're going to try and work hard in possession. Yeah, uh, out of possession. Yeah, um, they've got a, a decent focal point right in Ryan Bowman. Uh, they've got a decent fullback in Luke uh, Lee, uh, who was at Bristol Rovers last season. I quite liked him. Uh, Elliot Bennett is a player who, who I've got a bit of time for as well. I think I'm just going to have to double check. I think Elliot Bennett was at um, Blackburn earlier in his career. He was. He, he played nearly 150 times for Blackburn and, and signed for Shrewsbury for free in the summer. So he's, he's a decent player. Um, up top, I, I don't know if I just mentioned him or not, but Ryan Bowman, obviously former Exeter man, got a hat-trick against Shrew, uh, Cambridge. They are Shrewsbury. <laughs> but that Cambridge game, let's not forget that it was one all, uh, and then Cambridge had a man sent off. And yeah. Shrewsby scored three after that against 10 men. So, yeah, they, they, they beat, like I said, they, they, they beat Wimbledon, um, beat Gillingham. But other than that, you know, they've had an awful run. They really have. They were getting pumped by like Plymouth, Rochdale beat them in the league, Carp, Accrington have beaten them, they drew with Crewe, Wickham have beaten them, Bolton have beaten them, Ipswich have beaten them, Oxford have beaten them, um, yeah, all teams that have beaten us to be fair. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say, what are you talking about? Uh, yeah, so, I, you know, I, I, 
it's a game that we should win, but we've only ever beat we've only beat in Shrewsbury twice at Sinsel Bank since 1974-75 and we haven't beaten them at our place in 16 years and in that run there's a 4-0 defeat even a 5-1 defeat so it's going to be tough as I said earlier they'll play like a they might play 3-5-2 they might play a 5-3-2 but they'll almost certainly be three centre-halves across the back um, with with their two wide players uh, Luke Lee or is it Lee or Lee I'm not really sure yeah, um, he knows that one no, he he tend he was a, a wing back at um, Bristol Rovers, but he's kind of playing in central midfield, which is more a reflection of Shrewsbury's squad. I think if you were to talk to their fans, they they had a, a woeful transfer window, worse than ours. They have very few actual recognised central midfielders. I think there's just the one in Davis who's a holding midfielder. So they'll play George Nurse, um, yeah, Ebanks Landl, Ethan Ebanks Landl, and Matthew Pennington probably across the back three, and they'll be looking to get a guy called Ogbotter or Ogbatter, uh wide, and, and Elliot Bennett plays wide for them as well. So it's not a team full of pace. It's not a team that plays particularly long football, long ball. It's not a team that plays possession, but they just work very, very hard out of possession. Um, on paper, this is a game that Lincoln City should be winning. Uh, I would have said the same about Wimbledon. I would have same said the same away at Morecambe. I wouldn't have said it against Wigan. I wouldn't have said it against Sheffield Wednesday. So probably shows you the sort of thing that we're you know we're, we're going into. I wouldn't think there'll be all that many Shrewsbury fans that think they're going to come here and get a result. Uh, I really wouldn't. And the other thing I would note is that they have only had two draws in the league all season. It's very black and white with Shrewsbury. You win or you lose. Um, and those two draws came kind of back-to-back Shrewsbury and Chef Wednesday. So uh, looking down, they, they don't keep very many clean sheets. I think they've probably kept, just looking up there, one clean sheet all season. Um, sound familiar? Hmm. Yeah. Uh, so, again, it, for me, it's a both teams to score draw. And people will be really disappointed with that. But I can see it being a, a one-all draw. Um, unfortunately. Fair enough. Well, oh, and their manager's a cock. <laughs> <laughs> have you, have you, no, do you know what I mean? At the beginning of the season, right, we were saying how respect to Steve Cottrell, he spent half of last season in, in, in hospital with COVID, he nearly died, he didn't know whether he was going to wake up in the morning, and that makes me feel like a really bad person for what I said a minute ago. But, like, you know, everyone was all great is Steve Cottrell fair play to you you're back and all that and I've watched some of his interviews the way he talks to to local media is utter filth the way he talks I think it's the Shropshire star he's just awful to them and I think do you know what I mean half the time it's journalists who are do you know what ah oh, just annoys me there's no need there's no need to show a lack of respect to somebody doing their job even if you don't like their questions and even if they bumble over their questions a little bit I just I don't like can someone yeah, clip I don't that, like that and manage just play that back to Gary every time he's rude to me, please? Yeah, but no, it's different because you. I, this isn't my pay. <laughs> no, I'm not interviewing you. That's true. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> God, if I was, nobody would listen. <laughs> <laughs> wow. <laughs> Jesus, oh, that's okay. cut me deep. No, it hasn't. No, it hasn't at all. Um, so... Uh, so yeah, I think um, probably uh, a decent spot to to wrap up. I mean, I I would I think we'll I think we'll nick it on Saturday. I think we'll keep the run going. Um, and you know, I think this the new positive vibes that seem to be flowing through everybody. I think is going to be uh, be continued. Um, and uh, yeah, hopefully, you know, not by me. 
Not by you. Because after you? the game, after the game, I'm going to something called Scarefest at Waddingworth, and it sounds like everything I despise. <laughs> That's going to be. Can someone record that, please? I think that'd be. I don't even know what it is. Do you know what it is? Have you ever done anything like that? Let me have a look. Scarefest. No, mate, because I'm not a masochist. I don't. Scarefest at Waddingworth Maze Maze, which I think is hilarious. A maze maze. That, that I like. Clever wordplay. <laughs> um, yeah, but I don't know. Enter. Is it what? Going to be people dressed up? The closest thing. And... The closest thing that I've done to that is uh, a friend stag do many moons ago. Um, we went to, there's a manor, there's an abandoned mansion in Chester, I think it is. Um, and they hire like actors to sort of stumble around it as zombies. And you go around with airsoft guns and you have to like survive the day. It's brilliant fun. That's about the closest thing that I've done um, to, to something that's like, you know, horrifically scary. Um the best moment of the day was when uh, we were all in this little locker room and uh, my friend was stood there and said, oh, you need to you'd probably check the lockers for ammo or whatever. So my mate turned around, opened the door and there was this like 10 year old that was made up full on like a zombie who just leapt out of the locker like a bloody dog from hell straight at his face. And he nearly shit himself. It was amazing. Uh, <sighs> that's yeah, I don't like I don't like that. I don't, yeah, I don't. I, I wouldn't even watch the monsters because the guy had a big head and looked a little bit weird. And apparently, it's <laughs> darkness. I don't know what time we're booked in either. I have to. I'm actually going with a friend I haven't seen uh, for ages and ages and ages. So, yeah. There we go. Um, so I'm not sure. I, I think as the as the evening goes, as the afternoon goes on against Shrewsbury, um, I, I, I'll genuinely be hoping that I do get my scares in <laughs> uh, rather than at Central Bank. Hey, there we go. No, I think that's fair. I think it's, um, like I say, winnable game. Hopefully everyone uh, comes away happy on Saturday. Um, it should be a good one. And hopefully there'll be a few people coming away happy in about 25 minutes as we record this. But as you listen to this, it will be basically next because uh, we are doing the draw for the raffle, which after PayPal fees made £2,050, which is... I'd, yeah, I, I'm lost for words on that. It's just phenomenal. Thank you, everybody who's uh, who's bought a ticket and um, you know who's gotten involved and, and helped out. So yeah, cracking. Yeah, stuff. I like that. I mean, some great prizes being donated. So thank you to everybody for that as well. Um, even yeah, just 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 superb. Yeah, really really good backing. Thank you to Jules at Vital Lincoln City for pushing it as well. Um, it's just been a, a really good. I think overall, we're, the funds up to about seven thousand eight hundred now. If you, um, Something like if you, that, yeah. I don't know if that's counting uh, the Burton Road chippy money or not. I'm not sure. I'm not sure on that one, um, but I know so that was when a, it uh, when nice. when we sort of chipped in ours yesterday. It uh, chipped <laughs> nice. when we when we put ours into the the fund yesterday. It uh, it took it over the the initial target they had quite substantially. So uh, yeah, just unbelievable support thank you everybody who's got involved and uh hopefully you know as you as you stick around and listen um you might win something yeah. although it might seem a little odd to listen to it because we're doing it live on a video so yes. what comes up it might there might be a few visual gags that you don't get um or, or oh, what have doing. you got planned no i haven't got anything planned oh good at all. <laughs> No, yeah, yeah, right. I, just, I, I want to plough through it as quickly as possible so I can go and we're on vegetarian Thursday today so I'm having veggie burgers for dinner which I don't know whether I'm looking forward to or not but have you, have you, do you know which ones they are 
Well, they're not meat. I don't know. I tell you what, Linda McCartney mozzarella burgers are absolutely cracking. Are they? I'm pleased you're cracking. I thought you were going to say crap for a minute. No, they are brilliant. They're really, really nice. Okay. So, yeah, consider that free advertising and send us some burgers. Yeah. But Typical there we go. you begging for food. That, isn't it? <laughs> Can you stop taking pictures of me at football <laughs> with food, please? Oh, the last one that I took of you last Tuesday came out all blurred. You can't really make it out. So Yeah. I'm doing it because I want to try and make some more... Uh, pictures for the podcast i'm just too busy at the minute to to do it but that's that's the excuse i use well, you're gonna just do a big collage at the end of the season that says ben's food journey i did that to dave on saturday sheffield every single time he went on his phone i was taking a picture of him on his phone and he was getting proper stressed about it because we've got two <laughs> other mates called dale and matt and they just they've, they've ripped the shit out of dave from like from the age of nine or ten it's always been like poor dave's been the brunt of it and he was going don't don't show anybody because matt will just think i'm a knob and you've been on your phone more than me it's like i know i've been taking photos of you it's just hilarious every single time and in the end like he would catch me and i've just got about four pictures of him lunging at me with his phone in his hand so i did the collage and i said to him i said i'm not going to send it to matt and dale i promise you i won't send it to matt and dale and then he made some some smart comment on a whatsapp group and i thought right i'm going to send him that collage and i was just about to send it and i realized it's the whatsapp group i'm in with matt and dale I thought, you know what, I'm not going to do it because Dave, oh, bloody hell, the little white flex will get in the corner of his mouth and his eyes will go all bad. His his voice will go a little bit higher, like somebody's got his balls in a grip. So, no, I can't be doing any of that. Oh, anyway, man. there we go. Right, yeah. I suppose we ought to get on with this draw then, didn't we? Absolutely. Uh, right, so if you've been listening, uh, well, I suppose we're going to go now and then come back in a minute. Yeah, that works. Yeah. Hello. Um, I'm not entirely sure what's happened there. Gaz is in control of the buttons for this, so he's dropped me in it, as ever. <laughs> I think it's my internet. I think my internet is screwing up, mate. Oh, no. Anyway, yeah, this is uh, this is the live draw uh, for the Stacey West podcast redevelopment raffle extravaganza, I guess. Um, yeah, no, we've had uh, we've had a, an overwhelming overwhelming response um to to everybody that's donated uh and i'm just going to get the numbers because we've got uh we've sold 437 tickets and there have been 162 people that have donated which is uh phenomenal really didn't think we'd get anything near that kind of response and overall when we've taken paypal fees out of it we've been able to contribute 2050 pounds um to the redevelopment fund which Ridiculous, absolutely ridiculous. Thank you ever so much to everyone who's uh, who's gotten involved. Um, yeah, just overwhelming, really. But um, yeah, I don't know if, if Gaz wants to add anything to that or if he's trying to rapidly reconfigure bits of string. No, uh, I think Gaz's internet may have genuinely disappeared. Um, so I'm going to have to fill for a minute. Uh, am I going to have to fill, or is he just dropping me in it? Let me just see. Uh, I'm wondering. Yeah, I have a very funny feeling. Oh, we in? Period. Are we in? You're in. <laughs> Did you did you do that to drop me in it, or did it genuinely die? No, it genuinely died. I've had to put my my dongle on. Yeah, it genuinely, genuinely died. So oh, okay. uh, 
Sorry about that. So, yes, everybody, I'm here. Uh, as Jake <laughs> says, surely not technical difficulties on the Stacey West. And it's my fault as well. Jacob, great to see you. He says, good evening, Gary and Mark. So, uh, good evening, uh, Jacob. Um, we are well. So, yes, here we are. So, uh, sorry, Ben, where were you? Had you said anything interesting or, or, or did you uh, stay? Nothing in interesting. I just said, obviously, you know, we've had uh, 162 donations, uh, sold 437 tickets, which, wow. or for, so, yeah, 437, which is just mental. Like, everybody, thank you so much. Um, it's It's been quite overwhelming really to be honest um you know we we put it up and we said well we'll probably earn you know a few hundred quid and that'll be fine i think uh last monday even when we were down at burton road we were talking to each other and said oh you know a little bit of a push we'll get it over 1700 and then between then and like the close i think we pulled in another 400 and 400 quid or so uh, <laughs> this is wonderfully typical says jack uh yeah Watching the um, draw, he's not in. I think that's even better. <laughs> that's the epitome of tight. He wants to know who wins, but you know he can't do himself. Or it's the it's the pull that we have as as individuals. So, um, um, the fact yeah. that the the fund as a whole, we wanted to mention as well. We're up to I think seven thousand eight hundred um, mm-hmm. in conjunction with Vital Lincoln City, Imtoons, Lisa, Burton Road, Chippy. We had a great night up there as well. So um, thank you to everybody who's been involved. You'll see uh, down below here, there's a scrolling list of all of the prizes. Mm-hmm. Um, and there has actually uh, so been... we've got quite a few to get through. Oh, sorry. Yeah, I was going to say there oh, has yes. actually been a surprise uh, additional prize. Um, and I don't think it would come as any shock to know that uh, it's come from Harry Toffolo, um, who has donated a signed pair of boots. Um, unfortunately, he said all of his Lincoln City shirts are at his mum and dad's. So he can't, he can't rifle through them and grab us one, unfortunately. But uh, yeah, he will. He, he's going to send us a, a signed pair of boots. So little extra, you know, little extra sprinkling of prizes, even though the raffle's closed. So, and it also means that 137 of those entries are Ben trying to win Harry's boots <laughs> so and sleep with one either side of the pillow and get that nice scent. So, oh. No, I thought it was Dave with the cheesy. Anyway, no. Sorry, that's a spoiler for the podcast, which we have so, just recorded, by the way. We have just recorded the podcast. Uh, so Rachel says, Ben, uh, tapping toff, or no, tapping, tapping up toff, sorry, uh, unheard of. <laughs> uh, right, so what we're going to do is Ben has set something up technical, so it's bound to work because I've had nothing to do with it, and it's going to look <laughs> like this. Uh, so all of the names of people who have entered the raffle are on this little wheel, I am informed. Um, mm-hmm. And each time we click a spin, we'll get a winner. And when we get a winner, I will add it to the list at the bottom. And then I'm just going to leave it to Ben or to you guys. We'll try and contact the people we know. If there's people we don't know, I think we'll, you know, we'll, we'll do what we can. So um, we're going to draw in a certain order, aren't we, Ben? Yep. So um, just so that people can't win, Jack, me, I'm going to just pop it out full screen. And you see there, entry says 437. So there are indeed 437 tickets. So I'll go back into full screen, pull the curtain back, and here we go. Uh, so yeah, the first, basically the first, um, the first prize is a silver charm bracelet. Um, so I'm going to read out what the prize is. Gaz is going to give us a little description. That way we can both talk. Yep. So the silver charm bracelet is very kindly donated by uh, the lady imps, Lisa. Um, so yeah, that's our first prize. Thank you very much for that, chaps. Ben, will you spin the wheel of magic? There we go. 
Look at it go. Look at it go. It looks like an LP. Not that you'll remember those. <laughs> How long does it take then? Uh, it's about 10 seconds. Okay. So there we Eight go. Eight seconds too long for me. But... Well, of course it is. Keith Fletcher has worn no. the Silver Charm bracelet. I have happen to know that Keith is not able to watch. Yeah, he's on, he's, on, he's on a plane, isn't he? He uh, is on so. a plane. So uh, the ticker will disappear when I when I add somebody into it. So I've had to take it off there. But Silver Charm Bracelet, Keith Fletcher, congratulations. Okay. And then just so that people are fully aware, when I hit remove, all that's doing is it's taking the that ticket out of the raffle. So, yeah, it's, that's that one. Um, so remove. Right. Next up, we have a mini Sinsel bank. These are obviously, you know, there's quite a few of them about. Uh, put them on sale, but this is yeah, a slightly a bigger one. It's a special one, isn't it, Ben? Yeah, I was going to say this is this is a, a bigger one. So there aren't many of these uh, in existence. This one is one of the testing ones that I did. Um, mm. I'm going to paint else it. Who has up. got one? Who else has got one, Ben? Michael Appleton's got one. And where has he got it, Ben? It's on his desk, Gary. And how do you know, Ben? Because. Because you told me it is, Gary. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I, I do nice things occasionally um, by telling you that. Right. <laughs> by telling you how great you are. Yeah. <laughs> let's, let's crack on. I've got some Linda McCartney burgers spoiling. Oh, beast. Right. Okay, here we go. Next up, this is for the Mini Sensor Bank. And it is going to be going to... Ooh. Andrew Brown. Now, I know for a fact there are two Andrew Browns in this draw. Um, it is the Andrew Brown that I believe is the Devon Imp based down Devon in Devon. I believe so, um, because the other one is somebody that I know quite well, and I put him in as Andy Brown Lincoln. So, sorry, Andy, if you're getting excited. It might not be you, but yes, sure. Andrew Brown um we'll be in touch and you can sort out you know we can sort out delivery and stuff for that one uh you next make him pay his own postage are you then no i'll sort it out don't worry because if you want the books by the way you've got to cover your own postage <laughs> you tight bastard <laughs> I'm, joking, I'm joking i'm joking uh next up uh, is a copy of suited and booted so gas and i will just say if you've already got a copy of suited and booted uh, I'm willing to substitute it for any of my other books or the cash value of £4.62. There we go. Not really the cash value of £4.62. You can pick any of my books if you've already got one. <laughs> Andrew Brown again uh, has has grabbed a copy of Suited and Booted. Uh, so let me just put that there as well. Wow. That's not that's not bad going, is it? One with the same winner twice in a row. Congratulations, Andrew Brown. Congrats, again. Andrew. Again, right. How so, many goes as yet? Uh, he had quite a few, to be fair. I think, uh, where are we? One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. Yeah, uh, Andy was one of the, the, the couple of people who uh, who put in 100 quid into the raffle. So, uh, congrats. <laughs> Top man. Wow. Wow. Absolutely. So, um, right. Here we go. Spin the this one. Then? This one the is for the, the stone plaque. Okay, so this has come um, from Alex on Twitter. Uh, fantastic prize. I really like the look of this. I hope it comes up Fiona Bottrell. It's Jimbo who's won it. Jimbo has um, won the uh, the stone plaque. Congrats, Jimbo. Good friend, 
Jimbo. So we're just you, you're getting through a little bit quick there. We need a little bit more time to talk about the prizes. So thank Sorry. you, Alex Parkey, on Twitter for that. Um, Alex has got the prize himself. So what I'll do, I, I, I'll I'll liaise with Alex and we'll talk about getting that to Jimbo but congratulations Jimbo and thank you Alex top man superb absolutely thank you and yeah thank you to everyone really who's uh, who's who's contributed something Jim's in the chat yeah so great yeah nice boy, boy yeah boy <laughs> what's the next prize music master uh, next prize is the acrylic painting. So this is the the original of the prints, isn't it? This is cracking. This is from Anne Thompson. Roy, her husband, is Cambridge imp. Now, I've seen a lot of Anne's work firsthand. Live up, it's not far from me. Um, really, really nice. So this is the original acrylic, acrylic painting um, taken, I think, painted from a, a, an image at Tamworth. So it's got a real old school feel to it. So spin that wheel. You can still buy these. So if you don't win this and you do want it, there's a link on my site to buy a print uh, and all of the profits from the print will be going through to the fund as well. So if you don't win and you do want it, um, there's an option there for you. Keith Fletcher. I can't help but thinking this is flawed. Uh, <laughs> acrylic painting. So Keith, congratulations. I can, I can uh, increase the length of the spin. Easy. If that would assist things. Of course, people did buy multiple tickets, and if you bought multiple tickets, you know, you, you, you've got every chance of winning. So, To be um, fair, I think I know Keith probably bought quite a few as well, to be honest with you. Uh, I, think, I think Keith was one of the people that couldn't get to the chip shop, so went in and bought more tickets as well. So, um, yeah, thank you very much for that, Keith. So we've had five prizes and three winners. <laughs> right. This is for the full set of season reviews. Okay, so this is my stuff again. So again. Oh, Gaz is frozen. From, oh, no, the, from the National League season onwards. So this one is going to. He's not my partner. <laughs> it's gone to fit. No, it hasn't gone to fee. Shane Wakefield. Yeah, you know, I think probably has them all anyway. But um, congratulations, Shane. You've won. There we go. So that is a set of season Happy reviews. To substitute. So, you know, if you... yeah. I'm frozen again. Uh, you're back now. You did freeze for a second. Uh, right. This one is, is quite cool, actually. I'm, I'm a little bit jealous of this one. Uh, this is the bespoke caricature from uh, Imptoons. So... Um, the winner basically will 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 put them in touch with with Chris and you know and everything like that, or you know we'll get the information we need. And really, all you've got to do is tell him which imp you want in a caricature, and he'll get it done for you. So um, I'm hoping Fee wins this because I want Charlie in a caricature. You've got Charlie in a caricature. I want him in another one. <laughs> okay. And this is going to go to Ooh. Ian Hopkins. Congrats, Ian, Ian Hopkins. So there you go. We'll put you in touch with Chris. Uh, with Chris Ray, and he will sort out your prize for you. Uh, just a quick pause. Shane has said, 
Uh, Yiffy, he's got all of my books, but a second set is very welcome. Shane, we'll have a chat um, because obviously I can jiffle, jiffle it about. And, you know, if there's any of the books you haven't got or you want, you know, the future ones as well, we can, we'll work it out. So come find me match day. We'll have a chat. Good stuff. Um, I'm glad people are happy that they're winning stuff. That's always nice to see. Uh, right. Yeah. Next up. Who would, be, who would be unhappy to win a raffle that they'd entered, Ben? Who's going to come and go, oh, oh, shit, I've won, I've won a prize. I didn't want that. I mean, let's I be honest. It, if I entered it and I won the Sinsel Bank, I'd be a little bit annoyed, but then I wouldn't be able to enter it anyway. But you know what I mean. Uh, right. <laughs> the next ones, we've got three squad sign programmes from last season, courtesy of Vitals, I believe. Yep. So uh, this is uh, they've been donated by Jules um, from Vitals. Every time they are, they. If we just do three prizes, Ben, one after the other, let's have it. Let's go. Cool. Yep. So first one spinning now. And this one is going to. I can't even make it out who is on the telly, so I need to, need to work. I've only got a little screen. Dean. Dean Wagstaff. So Dean won one. Brilliant. Thank you, Dean. Okay. Thank you for entering. Dean and the Spook. Okay. <laughs> I am also typing this into my uh, little magic spreadsheet. Oh, I love a spreadsheet, me. <laughs> Don't. Rachel loves a spreadsheet. I think Rachel loves spreadsheets more than she loves me. Well, that's understandable. Screw you. <laughs> okay, number two, it goes to Mark Fuller. Congrats, Mark. Thank you, Mark, for entering. Congratulations. Though I'll liaise with Jules here, whether he'll stick them out in the post if you contact him, I'm not sure, but we'll um, we'll uh, we'll sort it one way or another. Mm -hmm. Um. If people are happy to or people haven't got back to us sort of when it goes out, um, I think I've got email addresses of people that donated anyway, so I can ping cool. them and let them know. And the third winner is? Ooh. Jim Olson. Jim Olson. Congratulations. Congratulations, Jim. Jim. Thank you for your support, my friend. Right, I've got a couple of comments. So before we spin again, because I know you're a little bit button happy, what have we got? <laughs> We've got Sid, saying, up the imps. Um, he's right yeah i think that's about that must be about uh the loving spreadsheets more than me yeah and i tell you something i bet she even loves the poor uh windows equivalent not even excel uh i mean she she uses excel but she would probably just love google spreadsheets just as much because it's you know a bunch of cells what's next anyway uh, right, next up we have a squad signed shirt from last season. So we're getting into uh, to what could be considered the big boys now. And um, this, I think, was donated by Lisa as well, was it? I, I think this one was it Lisa. Was, yes. Red cut one was the club. So this is from Lisa as well. Squad shines, shined? Shine shirt. <laughs> last season, really exciting prize. Yeah, Brennan, Morgan, all people like that. Um, Let's go. We're getting into the big prizes now, aren't we? Yeah. And this then is we've the got serious <laughs> serious stuff. Ooh, okay. It's like being on the X Factor, or I'd imagine. I've never been on. I have no discernible talent. It's like Wheel of Fortune. Yeah. That's a more obvious one. Jimbo. Jim ben. 
Wow. Jimbo again. Fantastic stuff. Um, I don't think I've put the squad sign either, have I? No. And you know what? This was all, it wasn't just kind of put in in the list as it was in the order that it came in. I mixed up the list and everything to try and, uh, you know, make it even more random. Yeah. Wow. Congrats, Jimbo. He's got himself a signed shirt as well. Right. This one is for Harry Toffolo's signed boots. I realised I clicked it before I said what it was. Too button happy, aren't you? You're too quick. I bet Ray something like that. Steady. Uh, Yeah, I bet. B. So this is going to... So uh, these came through as Burton Mobility, but I believe the gentleman in question is Rob Gibbon. So Rob, um, you Rob are Gibbon. the proud owner of some signed boots from Harry Toffolo. I'm currently waiting for those to arrive, um, but as soon as they arrive... Wearing them. <laughs> <laughs> um Right, so we're now on to uh, the final two shirts that we've got. So this one is for the one that I'm actually really, really, really jealous of. This is the Joe Morrell signed match-worn FA Cup shirt. So Uh, this came from Jane Chamberlain. Um, Jane, member of the sports board, long-time Lincoln City fan, fellow Louth, or lives closer to Louth, um, to Louthite. Uh, Very, very kindly donated, so thank you. Let's go. Let's have it. I was almost tempted to say that I lost it and just frame it in my house. Well, I've got it here. Yeah, I know. And that's what I mean when I gave it back to you. So uh, he's walking okay. away with the Joe Morrell signed shirt. It's exciting. I'm quite excited. Pete Steele. Pete Steele has come away with the congratulations, uh, Peter Steele. If you get in contact with me, oh, he, he's going again. I think yeah, we should I mean, do a I mean, fundraiser. I mean, we we should do a fundraiser to get fiber run to Gaz's house. <laughs> okay, and this one is for the Liam Bridcut shirt f- donated by the club. Um, so we'll see who this goes to, and then obviously, yeah, we'll we'll be in touch and uh, get that sorted. I think it's the third shirt as well, isn't it? I think yes, it's it is. Last season's last season's one. third shirt. Yeah, I'm a little bit jealous. Yeah, I'd quite like this as well. I ain't got the third shirt from last season. Tracy Fenton. Tracy Fenton. Come away with the third shirt now. Obviously, because this is being donated by the club. Um, and Liam is at the club. <laughs> we've we've said that uh, the winner can have it, you know, obviously signed, and you can have the message put on that you'd like as well. So get in touch. Um, let us know what you'd want signed on it, whether you want it signed on the front, on the back, or wherever. Um, we'll get that sorted for you, and uh, we'll get that done through the club. So congratulations, Tracy, on uh, on picking that one up. That is a fantastic prize there. So now, right. so before we go, this is the headline prize, I suppose, isn't it? 
um, yeah. an afternoon with me and you in the executive box on Boxing Day, uh, where we'll record some podcast snippets with those that are willing. You don't have to. I'm not going to force anybody to, but we might do a little bit of a, a, a bit about the Stacey West. And if you're life, you know, if you're fans and you've been in there before, we might talk about that before as well. Somebody donated by Rachel Ward. She's not going to show her face. She'll stay in that room. <laughs> I've given her my cold. Oh well, at least you you should give her some something. Um, so no, uh, yeah, fant- uh, genuinely though, you know, banter aside, really, really generous prize from from Rach and Ben. Uh, the executive box um, will be in there. So there's f- so we'll we'll do each one. Um, ben, you want to say anything? Yeah, but no, it's just you know we we obviously people are aware of of you know the fact that we want to raffle ourselves to get the to get the box, and it's just been absolutely crazy um and you know we we don't need it thank you jack for your positive positive comments <laughs> as ever um but uh no i mean it's you know we we don't need it we've got our season tickets so um we you know we said we'll use it a couple of times we'll invite friends and family in and then other ones you know we've given back to the club we're giving to charity and now we said we'd give one away on the podcast uh, and this was the perfect way to do it i think with a raffle so uh right aren't you, good, first... aren't you good people really makes me feel like a bastard now with the way i treat you it's because you are a bastard yeah it's not it's not going to change um really so uh so yeah it's it's four um there's four spots with a plus one so you know if if, uh if if your partner or you know your significant other doesn't want to come along with you then i'm sure there will be uh some people that didn't win who will suddenly become your very best friend uh so here we go first one in the spin I donated to get away from Ben for the afternoon. I win. Brilliant. Love you too. <sighs> Must be somebody in this world that loves me. That's the noise I make when I agree with you, but don't agree with you. <laughs> yeah, all right, that's fair. Mark Harvey, first one. Congratulations, Mark. If you can call it congratulations. Congratulations, uh, mate. We shall see you on Boxing Day. Yes, absolutely. I should mention, well, I think you mentioned this as well. It's probably going to be one of the last times we get to see the Stacey West as is as well, aren't we? Possibly. Yeah, possibly. There's a couple of home games after it, but it's you'll get that iconic view for one of the last times. So it's quite a special prize in that respect. And yeah. um, topical, given the fund as well. Absolutely. So, Here second seat in the box is going to... Andy Helson. Congratulations, mate. Excellent. I like Andy. Came to more of my book signings. <laughs> so I look forward to that. Andy plus one. And uh, big support of the podcast as well. So thank you so much. Yeah, great. He's really, yeah, yeah, it's good crowd at the minute. Yeah. I'm going to say there's not that I'm going to, someone's name's going to come out and I'm going to go, ooh. <laughs> <laughs> if Fee's name comes out now. <laughs> yeah, just going to go, ooh. Well, <laughs> well, you did bump her out when you had the box through the week. <laughs> Jack, this week. Oh, I, oh you, I missed some of that. I think you, you kind yeah, of got a bit. Don't, of... don't worry about it. It wasn't anything special. <laughs> Terence Wright is joining us. Congratulations. Terence, we shall see you a plus one on Boxing Day. Okay, and final one for the draw. Da. 
terrible drum. That was a tune I just made up. It wasn't even a drum roll, it was a tune. Drum roll would be Yeah, I was I was drum rolling and it didn't go well. No. Um Okay. Here we go. Final one. Who have we got? Ooh. Here we go. Jeremy Chapel. Jeremy Chapel. Congratulations. Thank you for entering. And there we go. That's it. All right. Well, we'll have a quick run through. We've got a couple of comments. Uh, Jacob. Oh, Gaz's internet is disappearing slowly. I'm back again. Back again. Here he is. <laughs> Uh, so well Jacob done, says, up the imps. Well done, up the imps. Uh, Stuart thinks you took his name out of the drawer. <laughs> it's there. Yeah, he's definitely in there somewhere. You want to go through it now? It'd be like, oh shit, no. <laughs> no, it's uh, definitely well in done, there. all Shane. Uh, right, so just uh, obviously a, a, a quick run through, and um, once we get through, so we started with our. We'll go through with our top prizes. I'll say our top prizes. So the prizes started with, uh, so we've got a squad signed shirt there, was won by Jimbo. Harry Toffolo signed boots was won by Rob Gibbon. Uh, executive box spots won by Mark Harvey, Andrew Helson, Terence Wright, and Jeremy Chappell. So all of those plus one. The Liam Bridcut signed shirt was won by Tracy Fenton. The signed programs, there was three of those. Dean Wagstaff won one, Mark Fuller won one, and Jim Olson won one. Congratulations. The bespoke Imptoons cartoon was won by Ian Hopkins. 3D Sinsel Bank was won by Andrew Brown, who's Devon Imp. The Stacey West Review books uh, were won by Shane Wakefield. Suited and Booted was won by Andrew Brown, Devon Imp. Again, congratulations. Silver Charm Bracelet was won by Keith Fletcher. We'll be happy to find that out when he uh, when he lands. The acrylic painting was also won by Keith Fletcher. Another great prize. Stone Plaque won by Jimbo. Fantastic. Thank you, Alex, for that. And the Joe Morrell shirt was won by Peter Steele. Uh, Gaz, English, Gaz English wants to know if there's a prize for good internet we can give Gary. <laughs> That'd be beautiful. If there I was, I would enter it every single week. And Johnny Benton says, well done for all of the hard work, a credit to the club. I think that goes to everybody involved in uh, in the fund. So obviously thank you to everyone who donated prizes, to people who promoted it. Vital Lincoln City have been a great partner in this with us as well. Um, so it's just gone really well. So, yeah, thank you most of all uh, to everybody who, who bought a ticket. Um, thank you. Yeah, 100%. It's been it's just been ridiculous really like I said at the start. I'm I'm amazed that you know we've raised this much. Um I, I, I sort of put the 1000 pound target up as sort of an arbitrary number. Um and then it's just absolutely smashed through it and thank you ever so much. Just been just been fantastic. Um thank you to the club as well. The you know the club's support um for this has been great. Um you know I think the day after we announced on the podcast, like we'd not even contacted anybody the day after we put it on the podcast, um, the, the club approached us and said, you know, well, we've got a shirt for you. No problem. Um, just great stuff. So yeah, all round. Thank yous. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you to everybody. Just been great fun. Should we, should we wrap it up? Cause me, Linda McCartney burgers are spoiling. We've only got 25 <laughs> viewers now. We had 70 at one point. So, yeah, fine. Thank, you, thank you to the 25 who think that it's like a Marvel film, whereas at the end there's going to be this big reveal of something else special. 
Oh, his internet's gone. Uh, Marvel films are great. Marvel films are really good, and you should all Actually, watch them. Actually, we've got enough. <laughs> <laughs> uh, right. Shall we go before I, I kill all of Louth's internet? <laughs> yes. All right, guys. And download the podcast tomorrow because it will be out at 12 as always. It's the 90th minute and all your mates around watching the imps on iFollow. You've got your McNugget share boxes on the go. Your mate's already got booked for double dipping, but then you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. You in. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee, and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable! Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.